we'd like to welcome you to the Institute's Leading Edge, a show dedicated to helping the automotive aftermarket service industry. In this episode, we're talking about social media and how you can use it to market your shop. Here's what's coming up. We want to attract more fun people. We actually set up most of our marketing to bring in happy people and keep the ornery people, as many of them, away as possible. Just because, I don't know what I mean, uh, fun outranks money to me, 20 to 1. Like, <laughs> I think fans is huge. Your, your mom, your your friends, your family, your wife, everybody everybody that you know, you need to reach out personally to and get them to like, anyone you see carrying around a phone that you know, you need to like, be like, give me your phone and then go to Facebook and like it for them almost. And this is just people in general. A lot of them are like, well, how do I do this? I'm like, I used Google and YouTube. There's so much education and training online. Go to go online and, and do a little research. It'll give you a better idea of, of how to approach a lot of this stuff. For a better business, a better life, and a better industry, the Institute's leading edge. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Institute's Leading Edge. I'm going to be hosting today. Uh, today on our panel, we've got Tom Lambert from Shade Tree Automotive in Layton, Utah, and Patrick McHugh from Beamer Rescue in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, this has been a topic that I've been getting asked about a lot recently, and that's kind of why I put it on the queue to, to say we need to talk about this. But uh, social media uh, and how do we use it with our marketing? I know that Tom, uh, I've seen a bunch of your stuff that you've been doing on social media, more giveaway stuff. And Patrick, you've been doing a lot of stuff with uh, Race Bar, and uh, which kind of helps your business as well. Um, I think a lot of shop owners are interested in the space and interested in trying to market this way. You're doing content marketing on social media, but they don't know how. And so my first question, which I'm just going to throw to you, Patrick, is why should you be on social media? Well, you're, you're, your people are on social media. Um, what do I do here and there throughout the day? I go on social media. I'm looking at Instagram. I'm looking at Facebook. And I, I, re, I bet a lot of my clients are doing the same thing when they're at lunch and when they're hanging around. Um, you want to put yourself, obviously, in front of people all the time. You always want to be fresh. You always want to be popping up so that that one day when the check engine light comes on, you, you know, they just saw you yesterday on social media. They're going to call you. Um, put, keeping yourself in front of your clients all the time is extremely important with any marketing and um, especially with social media. Tom, what do you think? Well, it just goes back to basic marketing, right? Uh, it takes uh, it takes eight impressions before people uh, remember seeing your, your name and logo. It takes another eight times before they take action. That's 64 impressions you need. Uh, before uh, before the typical customer remembers you and actually takes action. So for me, social media is just some of those touches. You know, it's uh, it ties in with everything else you can do. So social media is not the end all be all, but it is part of the puzzle of getting to that 64th impression on average and getting people to remember me when they search auto repair latent. If they've seen me on Facebook, they're more likely to to click on my link or if they get a referral from somebody, they'll be like, Oh yeah, I've heard of that guy, you know? So that's, yeah. that's why I do it. What, what do you guys think sets social media apart in the marketing world from other marketing avenues? Well, you get that, uh, you can kind of get that community involvement aspect of it. You know, you can actually create a little bit of a community around yourself on social media. So, uh, that's another part of our, our marketing plan, right, is community involvement. So the two kind of go hand in hand together, you know, like uh, even my networking groups, we've got our own little uh, uh, social media group going, and uh, 
it, it helps, you know, you get people out there cheering for you and stuff. It helps to get some followers on social media to help get your message out there. I find social media to be a great way to broadcast our shop's personality and our shop's culture. Um, I, I kind of really have a hard time doing that on a mailing social media is so live and um, you can inject little tidbits, little, little bites of, of your culture. Um, and, and people seem to latch onto that. I, I, I use my social platform with mailing, um, you know, other stuff like that, but almost as more of a brand awareness um, platform. Um, I'm, I'm all, any post I make, I'm always looking at, does this post show a little bit about who we are and, and maybe poke at the why behind what we do? Why are we here? Why do I come to work every day? And a little, little bit of self-promotion as well. Um, it, the, each thing has to kind of pass those three tests. Otherwise, I'm, I, I'm not putting it on social media. Awesome. Uh, we actually just had this marketing training uh, last week. Tom, you were there for it. Um, I got to speak briefly, but one of the things that I asked the people in the room, I said, you know, what platforms are you on? Right? What social media are you using? And then I asked them why. And a lot of them were just, well, it's marketing. I'm like, but why, why are you doing that? Because each one seems to be, you know, so if you're on Facebook, there's a different, uh, you know, it's a different scenario than it would be if you were on Instagram or if you are on YouTube or, uh, you know, that type of thing. Uh, where are you guys spending most of your time on social media? I'm, uh, I'm pri primarily Facebook uh, and secondary uh, YouTube. Uh, need to do a better job on, on YouTube for sure. Um, and that's just because, honestly, that's what I'm comfortable with. Uh, I think... Uh, I think Instagram is actually morphing into where most of my, uh, where I should be. It's just uh, not a platform that I'm comfortable with. And uh, I think I'm like a lot of shop owners. We do what we know best first and procrastinate on the rest. <laughs> so that's why, uh, that's why I'm currently doing it that way. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I think that if you took the same content, we're talking some text and a picture and put it across all the different platforms, you would get, you get engagement in one area and it would not work in other places. The, the platforms are all so different in how they work. Um, we're really active on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we have a presence on YouTube, but our, our top two are Facebook and Instagram. Again, that's what I'm comfortable with. That's the platforms that I'm thumbing through when I'm sitting around somewhere at an airport. Um, and, you know, we focus on, on more visual stuff, obviously, on Instagram. Um, but yeah, it's totally different and, and you got to start to master each platform, um, you know, before, before you can really put, start using it, or you could actually, you could actually work against yourself. If you put too much text on Instagram, people will, will not like it. They'll like, it, it'll actually be harmful to you. So do you, so, so you think that just, just starting might, you know, if, if you're just going to start and start posting stuff, it might actually hinder your, uh, ability to market on that platform. It unless could. You, Unless you kind of take a step back, plan it a little bit, learn a little bit more about the platform and how you should be posting on the platform yeah. and then taking that approach. There's like, a, there's like common courtesies that almost happen on Instagram versus Facebook. Um, there's a lingo that you use. There's a, there's a different style, you know? So yeah. the pictures are square on Instagram, you know? <laughs> That's actually something we've been stepping into and I've been taking that same approach. I want to make sure that when we do make the major transition to putting our focus on to Instagram, it's going to be, it's going to be done right. And it's going to yeah. be 
done with a plan and with uh, stuff that's with content that's contextual to what we're posting and why we're posting it and, and all that. Um, my next question. And again, with a lot of shop owners, they're like, well, I don't even, I don't even know where to start. How, how do I start getting onto social media and how do I use it? Um, how do I even know how to use it? Why am I using it? Um, wh what do you guys think? Where do you start? Well, I mean, we're in an era where any kind of information we need is right at our fingertips. So search it, you know what I mean? You could do the research and uh, there's plenty of people that uh, have posted about, you know, the common courtesies on Instagram and, uh, you know, what the target audience should really look like and stuff like that. So uh, my, my recommendation is one, do your research. And then, you know, if you're you know, my age or older, you should probably have somebody a little younger on your team to help <laughs> advise you of this. If you don't, get yourself a focus group or your kids or whatever. But uh, if it's not, there, there's certain things that us as business owners need to realize that we are not the expert at. So we need to do enough research to where we know how to find the expert and how to manage the expert and then let the expert do their thing instead of us doing it. Um, that would be my greatest advice. Uh, I, I delegate almost everything. I am the master of none, but I know just enough about every aspect to where I can properly ask the right questions and manage the people that are the best at doing it. That this, makes sense. This, that's, that's something I want to hit on, and it, just, it might not necessarily pertain to social media, but I've had so many people come up to me and say, well, how are you doing this? What, how, how'd you get into it? And I'm like, honestly, I just used Google. <laughs> and this isn't, this isn't like an older, older generation or younger generation. This is just people in general. A lot of them are like, well, how do I do this? I'm like, I used Google and YouTube. And there's so much education and training online. Go, to, go online and, and do a little research, you know. It'll give you a better idea of, of how to approach a lot of this stuff. Now, there is a caveat there, though. You got to look at the data yeah. in that article because yeah. um, this stuff morphs <laughs> and changes so fast that uh, what worked in 2017 may not even exist nowadays. So just like Tom said, uh, I, I use a, um, I, I, I delegate that out to a, a, a service that helps me with a lot of this stuff. And, and this person goes to conferences every six months and she's learning to stay on top of this wild animal which is social media you yeah. almost need a full-time job doing it and and just like tom said delegate you know I, I can't do it all i i'm responsible for making sure that the posts all meet my three criteria um and, and that that these posts align with our vision and our culture and our company um that's my job uh their, their job is to make it happen. And, and I'll inject little things here and there that we see going on around the shop and stuff, but um, delegating is key. Yeah. Um, what, I'd love to take a minute and just kind of say hi to everybody who's come into the chat real quick. Um, Mike Passman, Gary Olson, Steve Roberts, Taylor Pickering, uh, Sam Buckner. Thanks for joining in, guys. If, if you like this topic, if you think somebody needs to learn a little bit or, or get an idea about social media and marketing in that sense, like and share this video. Um, and I think we'll, we'll talk about call to actions a little bit later in this discussion because I, I want to hit on that. And kind of this, this show is kind of outlined to say, here's where you start. Here's what you need to do and all that so that people can get some kind of an idea. You know, I always go way too far with the details about stuff. Uh, if you know me, Tom. <laughs> um, so one of these things, finding the people to market to, 
it, do you think it's a little different marketing sense of trying to, to identify your audience on social media than it is to say your mailing list or anything like that? And, and what exactly are those nuances that come with social media about identifying your audiences? I think it's the same. I think it's the same basic principle. It's just easier on social media because we can target uh, mailing. You can target as well, but it's the, still the same basics. You got to know. Uh, you got to know who you are. So just like Patrick said, culture is a big thing that you can do through social media. That's a little harder to do from just a a print piece. Uh, so you the basics we just taught in marketing, right? You've got to you got to understand who you are and what you believe in live it and breathe it, and then you've got to figure out who your customer is, um, what makes them tick, and then you've got to figure out the avenue to reach uh, them in the best way. So I think it's the same basic principle. You've got to know 100% who you are, live it, breathe it every day, and then you've got to know exactly who you're trying to attract in order to, you know, to know what the message you're, you're, you're going to send, you know. Yeah, it's almost it almost goes back to what you were saying a little bit earlier, Patrick, about how it's constantly changing. You you and and then Tom, you just said you got to live it and breathe it every day because your audiences can change on on the you know on the spot and and it's so fast and quick. In fact, the algorithms for Facebook changed like six or seven months ago, and then Instagram just changed its algorithms two or three months ago, and this those algorithms kind of dictate where your marketing messages go and how, how you trend and stuff like that. Um, I'm not going to get too into the details on that, but it is, it should be emphasized that you need to be paying attention. Uh, you know, uh, so back to audiences, Patrick, how do, how do you develop your audiences? So I think the audiences on Facebook are, are different than the audiences and other um, campaigns that we have. So like, well, we'll just pick on mailing uh, right now. Mailing yeah. for me is totally acquisition. Um, and some retention. We do send some things out to remind people of oil changes and things like that. But I'm generally trying to acquire customers, clients with my my mailings, and I'm focused on a, a very specific neighborhood, type of car, a home value, age of car. With Facebook, there is that. There is some of that. But there's this huge other um, audience that is my favorite audience. These are my fans. These are people who probably aren't even clients, probably never will be, but they buy into our culture and they love what we do. They love that, that I just hired a, a um, fitness coach to come in and teach our guys stretches. To, <laughs> I saw that. Know. That was awesome. I love that thing. That went just bananas. Like you, you can tell when your fans are engaging that kind of stuff. Cause they like our culture. A lot of people don't even live in my state. It's my family. It's my friends. It's, it's people who love us. They're not necessarily the people who come in the door and, and fix their car with us, but they're our fans. And I think it's so important to, to speak to them on, on Facebook. And they're a complete audience. They're somebody who we target with certain things. Um, they're the ones who are going to spread the word. They're the ones who ultimately are going to generate referrals for you as well. Um, you know, we had this guy one time, this young kid, um, he didn't even have a BMW. He, I don't even know. He had like a, a moped or something, but he just loved our shop. And and he, he could not afford us, some, but someday he maybe will. You know, he, yeah. he can't even afford a car. But that guy has a boss somewhere. That guy has a, a, a neighbor, an aunt and uncle. And, and he, I, I started a ripple with some of that stuff, and that spread through that audience. So that's very powerful to remember, I think. Yeah, it's social media is is a very very much a two way street. It's a discussion. It's a it's 
rather than like, you know, reviews on Google or anything like that, where you can kind of, you get a comment and then you respond to the comment. This is much more immediate yes. engagement. Mm -hmm. And you can have these open conversations with clients for all, everybody to see, and they can see the authenticity of it. I think we'll talk about authenticity a little bit yes. later. Um, so when once you've kind of identified where you're going to be posting your content and what platforms you want to be on and what your audience is, are there, and, and Patrick, I know you kind of wrote about this, but uh, uh, defining your goals with social media, how do you guys approach defining your goals with social media? You go first, Tom. Oh, gosh. Um, that's not a good question for me. I don't do a good <laughs> job of that. <laughs> um, I don't really, you know, it's the one platform. Now, uh, anybody that knows me even a little bit knows that I never talk about anything without talking about goals. That's the, that's the end all, be all. That's where you yeah. start. But social media goals for me are a little bit different because just like uh, just like Patrick I don't I don't use it as an acquisition tool so it's weird for me so I have a hard time understanding what the measurement's going to be no sense setting a goal if you can't measure it so uh, so I struggle in that avenue so really really my goal is just an overall goal of uh, of showing our culture um, you know we like to have fun here and in order for us to keep having fun we want to attract more fun people uh, we actually set up most of our marketing to bring in happy people and keep the ornery people, as many of them, away as possible just because, I, I don't know what I mean, uh, fun outranks money to me 20 to 1, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what we, for the most part, that's what we try to get across. And uh, I'm constantly toning things down just a little bit so that we still uphold our you know professional image. I believe you can be super fun and professional at the same time, but there's a fine line there. I oftentimes uh, get shut down by my focus group because we get a, little, <laughs> get a little carried away. There's a couple of us that think it's hilarious, and then the audience may think that, uh, you know, they they probably shouldn't bring their car to us if we're doing those types of things. So. But it's, it's kind of touchy, you know, like the <laughs> – because everybody's out there and you're not going to be everybody's favorite. And there's going to be a lot of people who are going to dislike you just because they don't like your face, you know? <laughs> and um, so it's kind of interesting. Me, me and Michael, we just developed those, those videos a little while back. <clears throat> and uh, we, we got really kind of burnt out on trying to make certain content. And, and we we're like, you know what, this, it, it has to be fun because it, it's not fun anymore. We need to do something fun. Let's, Let's go and, and just be crazy with it. And me and him put that video for uh, one of our marketing course, which was perfect. And then our, uh, for vision as well. And I think what made those videos a little bit better, because we did get a better response and I'm not, I'm not trying to brag or anything. I'm just strictly talking about how you develop your content is that we had fun making it and we were able to put uh, our personality. We were able to inject our culture into it because, you know, at the Institute, we are very, very professional and, and we want, the best of everything that we do. However, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be professional at the cost of authenticity. Hmm. And I think that's where a lot of shops in their marketing kind of hit that point where it's like, Oh, they're way too, they take themselves way too seriously. Yep. And people right now are not looking for people who take themselves way too seriously. They're looking for people they can relate to. Yep. Um, I'll uh, goals. Right now. Sorry, I... <laughs> so my, uh, I'll get back to that. My my top performing posts, uh, 
if I go in and look at just the top 10 posts are always like either silly stuff like Bimmer Rescue Man. We have this one where this oh my gosh, uh, Bimmer Rescue Man comes, <laughs> check engine light comes on and he's hovering out. One of my texts, one of my texts found in my shop, I have these little ribbons that I've made, these cloth ribbons for like lockout tags. So if you forget to tighten hard or if you don't tighten hardware overnight, you put this tag on it. So in the morning when you come in, you remember it's a red ribbon. And he had cut little like diamonds out of it and he had it on his face. And then he had our tablecloth from the table wrapped around his neck. And he um he came out and he said, I'm Bimmer Rescue Man. And he had this has this big boisterous voice. And he said, Patrick, go get a car like right now and we're going for a ride. <laughs> and we went out just on the spur of a moment and created this dumb video of me driving along and uh, Bimmer Rescue Man comes and he's fake flying outside the car. And that thing just went viral. And I've posted all other stuff, helpful tips, you know, make sure you change your oil every, but, and that oh, yeah. stuff just kind of meh. But people want to see you. They want to see your personality and they want to see that you're a person. They want to know that there are people here that are going to help them. Um, and I think the we've got this thing in our industry that people think that the cars roll in the back and we just like plug them into machines and then like the work gets done. They need to know that there are people back there, people with personalities, people that, you know, that have families, um, pictures of my kids. If I put my, I put my kid, my 16 month old in a tire and she had this big smile on her face and she was just smiling viral when it went nuts. It was the top performer. Um, goals for me this year, I don't have a, like a KPIs or performance measuring metrics that I'm really following with Facebook. My goal is to define my personality. Am I the funny, silly shop or am I the like super high tech? Um, what am I going to, what am I going to put on this social media? I'm kind of doing a lot of stuff. I'm kind of all over the board and I've gotten some criticism that maybe I'm sending mixed messages. Maybe, Maybe I need to pick one and be the funny shop with personality. I don't know. That's kind of my goal is to nail that down and then, and then start tweaking it from there. That, that is something I've been kind of debating back and forth myself is what, kind, what are you promoting out there, right? Because mm -hmm. people are layered. They're not yep. one thing or the other thing. And I, I, I think sometimes social media kind of tries, tries to drive you into one thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and people want to see that you're on, you have multiple levels. You, you can yep. be high tech and advanced and, and, yep. and be the best technicians and all that, but you can also have fun and still be relaxed sure. and not take yourself too seriously because yep. you're still giving, you know, quality service and, and people can relate to it. They feel comfortable. Yep. They can, they can feel like they trust you. Um, Taylor Lynn Pickering uh, had a question for us and, and I'll just, put that out there. It's multiple questions. How do you manage scheduling and posting content? Do you do it days, weeks, months in advance? Use third-party platforms to post across platforms? Do you have a schedule for which types of content you post, i.e. videos, memes, white papers, etc.? Or is it just typically more organic off the cuff? So for me, I've got a social media manager, an outside company that schedules stuff, you know, uh, just honestly, the the same old boring stuff. Honestly, I, I don't really enjoy most of it. But uh, uh, they post, you know, they they load in a couple weeks at a time, so I can go through and say, hey, this one sucks, or this one's, you know, even boring for you, kind of thing. And then uh, I myself, just in my Google Calendar, I schedule um, the stuff I post. Obviously, gains a lot more traction than any 
any outside company that you're going to have. I think even if the post looks too professional, people just ignore it, you know, so mm -hmm. just a picture with my cell phone or something. But I, I weekly uh, put a reminder uh, for certain things, you know, like my referral program. I've got a reminder for the whole year that twice a month I post whatever our newest referral is and then the winner of the last referral. Um, and there's several things that's important to me to, to always have consistency on a monthly basis. So I put those just in my Google Calendar as a reminder, and then it just goes on my on my whiteboard for that day when it pops up. I throw it in the throw it in the mix. So that's how yeah. I do it. Yeah, Tom's much more structured than I. I have a, a marketing <laughs> manager as well, and um, those are regular three times a week. And all my stuff is pretty much off the cuff, but I do try to be active at least once a week, um, at least. And if there's lots of cool things going on, then you'll see sometimes three or four. I don't like try to saturate, but um. But if it's gold, I call them gold nuggets. If we if we got gold thing, gold things happen on happening in the shop, um, then I'm capturing that, and putting it on on social media. Sometimes I'll wait a little while, like if I feel like I've done too many in one in one period, I'll capture a gold nugget that's not like time specific, and I'll wait a few days and then plonk it on social media just to spread it out a little bit. Um, I also want to bring up the importance of uh, recycled content too. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I don't think there's anything wrong with recycling content a little bit. Um, pulling, a, pulling a picture of something cool that happened a year ago and putting it back up again. Um, remember that when you post something, not everybody's going to see it. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, if you've got a thousand followers, maybe only like a couple hundred of them might actually um, see it go by and maybe a handful will actually engage and click on it or do something with it. If you post it again, um, maybe uh, now 400 out of those, that thousand will have seen it. Um, you don't want to overdo it, but um, recycling is okay. And um, you freshen it up a little bit, change what you change the text around, you know, that's okay to do. Yeah. Uh, I feel like advertising on, social media is, is also very different. A lot of, so you're, you're talking about posting and there is, there, there is kind of a nuance to it because you can do a post, you can do a video or anything like that, but then you can also do advertisements, which are mm -hmm. kind of like posts in the way that people view them through their feed, through their, you know, uh, social media as they're, yep. you know, flipping through stuff. And um, you can really define who you want the message to go to in your advertisements, whereas posting is just more your actual community and the people that like your page. And then people that like or, or are friends of people that like your page. And uh, you can go way more in depth with your advertisements and still get the same post. In fact, it allows you to share posts as advertisements as well. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say right here, just just for people who are out there boosting their, their Facebook posts, don't, don't boost, use the ads manager, be more specific on it. Cause if you just yep. boost it, you could be wasting a lot of money. Yep. Um, be defined with it. Uh, our next kind of segue into this, and we've already been kind of talking about this is is how you're, how you guys are developing your content. Now me, me personally, I do run on a schedule. I have, uh, and, and there's multiple schedules there. They kind of stack on each other. So for like a vision, we have, uh, I think 10 posts and they vary in, in differences. So we had a video post and we're going to have a, an article post and we're going to have a, a image post that is going to go out during different times leading up to vision as well as, uh, during the event. Cause we want to capitalize on the people that are at the event. Cause I guarantee a lot of them are going to be in class 
flipping through their phones. So we want to do some, you know, geo targeting and, and kind of say, Hey, you're here. Why don't you stop by the booth and say, hello, we've got some stuff for you. And, um, so developing your content, you guys said it's been more off the cuff. Is there, is there some stuff that you've done that you really, really thought exactly what you wanted to the outcome to be from it? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't totally wing it, you know, I, I'm my own biggest skeptic. Uh, so I've got very specific things that I'm always, it's pretty much the same message I'm always trying to send. So uh, my unique, unique selling proposition, what makes me, why me rather than any other shop around here? It's, it's my team. You know, I think most people know that. So I, I'm generally most of the posts that I get the most excited about is, you know, capturing somebody on my team, you know, highlighting them or, you know, taking a picture of the text or, you know, something like that. Uh, that's important to me. So I'm, I'm monthly, I'm always trying to, to make sure I capture that. Uh, uh, our referral program is important to me. So I'm always trying to keep that in front of people. Uh, financing is uh, important to me, especially in, in, the, in February. We always... Uh, January and March are good months for me, and uh, there's, uh, you know, 30 days of crap in the middle of that that we call February, usually. So <laughs> financing helps make it less crappy. So financing, I'm always keeping in front of people so they know. Um, and that's kind of the th- And then uh, my loaner cars. Uh, my loaner cars that I've got separate me from most. So those are kind of the st- the messages that I'm constantly hitting, if, if that answers your question at all. I do a lot with the art shows. So we do these art openings every quarter in my shop. And as soon as I know about that, who the artist is going to be and gather some photos of them and examples of their art, I'm creating uh, a post. And then as we get closer, I'm, I'm starting to do some paid ads for that um, at both audiences, the fan club and the acquisition type stuff. And then a week out, I'm doing another one and I'm, I'm, I am like working myself into that art show um, with that. And that stuff does work. Just keeping it on top of people, um, keeping it on top of people's minds. Um, The boosting thing, uh, uh, Kent's totally right. You can, you got to be careful with that. You Facebook wants you to waste a lot of time and money learning how to boost and how to get results. And they'll, they'll even, you'll be surfing uh, doing stuff, and they'll be like, "Hey, you want to boost this? You could boost oh, this." Oh, I it's hate that. Firm, and I'm they're like, always on it. <laughs> I'm, I'm in there. I'm like, I just, I just advertised that post. What I are you talking that. about? And, I, and I they, just went in and did it. I mean, they're they're doing they're they're smart. They're 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 preying on 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 the uneducated Facebook first time advertising type person. And mm-hmm. um, my advice is to be much more methodical about it, and and not just do what Facebook says. Um, and, you can't always trust like kind of what their, what their numbers are, are really, really doing. Um, you know, I, 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 I boost the things that I know will work and the things that I, I can see are causing a ripple. Um, the stuff, the things from my marketing manager, no offense to her cause she's great, but the stuff that this is kind of there, huh? I, I will never boost, but the, things that show our culture, Bimmer Rescue Man, my little daughter sitting in a tire, um, the art show stuff, a picture of my tech doing something kind of funny or whatever, um, or, or just a very, uh, you know, a picture. I'll post that stuff up and then I'll watch the reach. I'll watch how well that post performs. And if it does really, really well, I'll put money into it and I'll let it run even further 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm not putting any money into anything that, that doesn't organically, naturally kind of resonate with people. A, a lot of the posts that I'll do is I'll post it and I'll see kind of what the engagement's like, yeah. if, what, the, what the organic spread is and all that. And then I'll go, you know, this one's performing a lot better organically than I thought. Maybe I should throw some money on that and kind of mm-hmm. just add some f- gas to the fire yep. to see if I can get that out more and get that to more people and see if they'll engage on it. Exactly. Um, I think when you're, when you're talking about content in, in social media, like you can go off the cuff and I think you should go off the cuff. Here's my little, here's my little gamification um, speech here is a lot of people, the reason that Facebook is so engaging and so addicting is because there's a level of, of surprise that goes into it. It's kind of like opening up a, a present that you don't, yep. when you don't know what's inside because you can continue to scroll and scroll and scroll mm-hmm. because you don't know what you'll get. So I think there's a balance that you should probably find with uh, the sporadic off the cuff things because that's human, it's authentic, it's real and life just has those surprises and you should mm-hmm. definitely capitalize on those gold nuggets. Uh, but also be consistent with your posting and consistent with your message um, I know that there's things that we do, like the leading edge here is a, it's every two weeks. Maybe we don't market it as much as we should, but there's a, there's a reason behind that. Um, I, I've had some comments from people like, oh, you guys are, it's not very well organized or well structured. Well, that's on purpose. It's supposed yeah. to be authentic. It's supposed to be real. It's a discussion. That's why we do the, this the way that we do it. There's mm-hmm. now there's other podcasts and stuff and, and videos that we post that are a lot more scripted and a lot more um, rigid. And those I've found don't perform as well. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's kind of it's kind of funny to think that your content, the the stuff that you wouldn't even think would make a difference, is some of the stuff that gets promoted and, and trends way more than like the stuff you put so much energy into. Yep. I'll tell you guys one thing. This is my, if, if you take away one thing, starting this out, starting out with social media work, don't post like pictures of messed up stuff you find on cars that other shops messed up. Always keep this like positive. Don't say, yeah, that's why you should take your car to us. Look at these guys left. Look at all the oil everywhere. Uh, no, just don't do it. You guys don't even get involved with that stuff. You're going to shoot yourself I in the foot. I hate it. I hate seeing it. it <laughs> no one likes it. If you really test it, it doesn't even perform at all organically. Um, that stuff stinks. Don't do it. Stay positive. That Always makes the follow-up silly. It doesn't shoot you in the foot. It shoots, yeah, the, in the, it shoots the whole industry down. Don't do it. Good point. Awesome. Um, I'm going to take a minute here and just do some, some promotion. Uh, sorry, everybody who's viewing. Um, <laughs> Everybody hates this section where they're like, oh, you're talking about stuff. Uh, I know what you're doing. Um, Our advisor mastery program, we just opened enrollment for the second group. You guys can find that at ifrave.com forward slash mastery for more information. You can also register there. There's only 25 seats, and I think we've already had nine people sign up. Don't quote me on that. Um, It's going quick. We've had a lot of response from our first group. It's been incredibly fun. It's gamified. It's, it's a ton of content. I think one of our most content-packed pieces until the new shop program comes out. Um, as well as we will be attending High Tech Vision Expo uh, 2019, Overland Park, Kansas, on February 28th uh, through March 3rd. I do want to say that Kim Arnheimer, 
She's a good friend of ours. She's going to be doing two classes, branding your business. It's not just a logo. And the three Ps to a well-functioning system, policies, process, and procedure. I just want to put that out there. If you guys haven't registered, go register because her classes are filling up real quick. Uh, you guys can go register at, oh, I don't have the link for it. Just type, <laughs> I'll Google post it. it. I'll post it in the, yeah, just Google it. Google it. High Tech Expo 2019. Go register for the classes. My dad is also going to be teaching uh, for CTI and, and WTI uh, increased, increasing average repair order, uh, as well as creating a more profitable business without giving up your life. Um, all right, done with promotional section. Let's get back into it. I really want to talk about the discussion aspect of social media because it is, I mean, that's kind of what social media is. It's a nice, uh, you know, finger on the pulse of, hey, hey, Sam Buckner, thank you very much. Sam, I did see your, oh, uh, yeah, Hans too. I did see your uh, comment or question here. It said, sorry, just to clarify, Facebook tells you how many people scroll past your ad and does it only track people that click on them? It does not. It actually tracks a myriad of, of data that it can represent and show to you. And that's actually one of the topics that we're going to talk about is what data you should be looking at and, and why. Um, but I want to talk about the discussion. So say you've got people who are upset and they're hitting you up on social media. How do you guys deal with, with people criticizing you and basically talking bad about you on social media? Oh, I... Uh... I just search them out. I go find them, and I beat them up. <laughs> no. Uh, Not recommended. It, you know, it does happen from time to time. I, I like to call them keyboard warriors or, uh, you know, uh, there's many other words that you can use for them. Uh, that, uh, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, we get addicted on social media, and maybe we forget that uh, we're actually talking to other human beings on the other side. So people have gotten a little crazy, you know. Like I've gotten a few posts like, Oh yeah, that Tom guy, you know, I went to him nine years ago and he ripped me off or something and I, you know, but you get them, but you know, you just delete them and block them. It's not a, not a big deal. You know what I mean? Uh, you can't have too sensitive of feelings. That's always going to happen, but it, it happens far and few in between. So I don't think you should be too concerned of it. Yeah. Do you try to, do you try to mitigate damage, like delete comments or try and push people away? It's like, Hey, I don't want you commenting here. I don't want, yeah, I, don't I, re I refuse to have a battle on social media. It's, I just, uh, it's personal to me. I, I won't do it. But yeah, if I, if I get a bad comment on Facebook, yeah, I will, I will seek that customer's info out and I will have a polite conversation about it. You know, if I can remedy it, great. Like if somebody's still upset, like I literally had a guy that was upset with an interaction with me nine years ago. You know, I don't, I can't even remember what I had for breakfast yet, yesterday, <laughs> let alone nine years ago. So I, I looked up his info. I found him. I called him and said, Hey, gosh, I seen your post on Facebook and I'm not trying to, you know, cause a confrontation, but, uh, I take my reputation very seriously. And, uh, you know, I'm not the same person I was nine years ago, but even back then, you know, I feel like my, my parents raised me right to do the right thing. So what, you know, we talked through it and, Honestly, uh, he felt silly, you know what I mean, uh, to where he wouldn't really communicate. But that made me feel good and sleep good that night, you know, that I at least tried. So. Yeah, you made an effort, yeah. you know. It was human. It wasn't, you know, so this is something I, uh, I'm assuming you did in like a, a DM. You said you call him. So um, I'm more looking, you know, do you guys actually engage on them on the in the comment section or on a feed, you know? Is this a place where you can kind of, mitigate, I guess, public appearance, or should you? Um, Patrick, what do you think? So this is a great 
a great question. Um, thanks for asking it. So I've never really had people like, I guess, attacking me per, like on Facebook per se or coming at me, but there have been things, you know, we have a fantastic reputation in this town and um, I've worked really hard to build that. But every now and then you get um, a bad apple or somebody who just doesn't quite get what we're about. And I had that happen a while back and they were, they were kind of dragging me through the coals in some um, Facebook group somewhere that I wasn't even a member of. And, and this is where your fans come in. This is where it's so important <laughs> to have these fans because I didn't find out about this as happening until like a week after this post was made. Cause I don't scour the, the dark web, Facebook, all I'm not in every you know <laughs> forum. I, I don't have time, but I got in there a week later and there was like a 10, like 10 page long, discussion and like everyone there was like that doesn't sound like something that that patrick shop would do like that have you talked with him why don't you just you know like our fans came in out of nowhere and they totally defended us and they 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 they, they knew our values they knew our personality they knew who we were and they they totally helped me and 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 i actually personally went through each one of them that said something nice and sent them a direct message and said, Hey, I just want to say thank you so much for watching out for us. That really means a lot to me. And this person eventually did, I eventually got them uh, on the phone somehow and talk with them and we worked it out. So your fan club, man, they're, they're like your, um, you know, they're your sidekicks. They're your people who are like watching out for you on the internet. So it's huge. it's huge. I love that. I'm, I'm glad that that's what you brought up because that's what I was going for. I wanted <laughs> someone to talk about the, the yeah. effect that having fans, you call them fans. Uh, a lot of people will call them advocates, but yeah. fan works better because it's more mm. social media oriented. Yeah. You, you, in a, you, you, you kind of uh, become a, a, a minor celebrity. I know that I have like being on the videos. A lot of people mention like, Hey, I saw you. You're, you know, you did <laughs> yeah. that. that was, I'm like, yeah, okay. That's, you know, <laughs> Um, but it's interesting to see how much your fans will rally behind you. And, it, yep. and you almost don't even have to touch a lot of, a, a lot of those negative comments because your fans will step in for you. They did it for me. I didn't even know it was happening. It went on for a week and then, you know, they totally stood up for me, which was just such a cool feeling. So there's some, there's something to be said about developing your fan base and developing your advocates on social media, cultivating that community. Yep. Um, I, I want to bring this into the data because I know uh, Sam wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit. When you guys are creating content, and now for me, there's a whole process to it. Um, when I go into develop a content, I, I say, this is the goal that I want to have. This is the information I want to send out. This is how I want to communicate it. This is where I want to distribute it. This is who I want to see it. And I go through this massive process for a lot of the stuff that I post and create for marketing. Um, so the data... I, I kind of want to ask, how are you guys looking at the data? And then I'll put my two, my two cents in on how I look at the data. Because I know you guys are using third parties, whereas I'm doing it myself. I don't have a third party that I'm reaching out to. Yeah, I'm not a good example of this. So go ahead, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get too much of it. Um, I've, got, I've got two social media companies that work for me that analyze data all day long and go to conferences and learn about this and that and everything. But I keep it really simple for myself. I'm, I'm looking for a couple things. I'm looking for um, like 
conversation. I want people to be commenting on stuff and me commenting back. So my litmus test for a really good post or a really good uh, thing is um, a photo with some some text describing our culture and why we did that, and and a lot of engagement, a lot of um, a lot of um, uh, what's what's it called when people click on things or um, that's engagement. That's engagement uh, and, and reach. And I want to see comments. I want to see discussion happening and, and things like that. When I see that, that is good. And that is something that, you know, that needs to be promoted and, and done again and multiplied. And, you know, I, I don't get too into the data with the Facebook stuff or with the social media stuff. Okay. Then I'll, I'll just talk a little bit about there you it. Go. Um, so, so recently Facebook changed their algorithms and so did Instagram. Um, in fact, Instagram changed their video format to go up to 60 seconds. Um, but a lot of the things that the algorithms are looking for is stuff you should also look for. And they kind of contradict some of the goals you're trying to achieve. So, so just for example, my dad posts an, an article or, or just a, he'll, he'll post like a saying and he comments on it and he writes some text, which Facebook hates it. And he actually gets flagged and says, hey, your post has so much text on it. Nobody's going to look at it. However, because it's authentic and because he's speaking straight from his own experiences and all that. And it's, it's funny to look at the, the statistics because the, the engagement on those posts are way, way more than a lot oh, yeah. of just our, our straight image posts. And I think what happens is, so say you're using a third party, a lot of shop owners will use a third party and they're only given like the three metrics they should look at to determine whether or not it's successful. And I think that can steer a lot of shop owners wrong because they're like, oh yeah, no, they're doing good, but they're not really doing good because the end result is again, trying to develop your community and your fan base, yep. not necessarily getting as much out there. And I don't think that's what social media should like be. Like what you're saying, I honestly, I don't care sometimes what Facebook thinks or how, how well they think my posts will do. Sometimes my message is so important to me that I'm putting it out there in whatever format I, I want, you know, and I don't always care what they think, you know? I, I always opt for organic over algorithm at almost 100% of the time. Because like you said, your fans will share your message. Your fans will share your culture. And they'll be the ones to get it out for you as long as you cultivate something strong and something they can get behind. Yeah. Um, so as far as what data should you be looking at, I think you should never just hand it over to somebody uh, like a third party, a hundred percent. You should always be engaged. You should always be, you know, asking the right questions of, um, is this something that I wanted to have happen? Is this in line with my vision? Is this in line yeah. with my culture? Um, how do you get, excuse me, Sam Buckner. Uh, so how do you get followers to your page then start with friends and let it build? Or do you go straight to ads? What do you guys think? Oh gosh! So there's there's different uh, there's there's different theories behind that. So uh, end of last year, I noticed that my followers just or or page likes just seem to be kind of stuck. So I I had already gone through. Obviously, I go through and invite everybody that's friends on my personal page. That's the easiest. People that already like you mm -hmm. should you know should obviously like your business. Hopefully. Um, and then from there, you know, yeah, I, I watch and whenever there's something I post that organically seems to be performing 
at a higher level, I'll put a little boost money behind it and it reaches more people. And then the latest thing I did to kind of boost my page likes is, uh, is a giveaway. Here in Utah, there's, uh, the, they call it the Holy War. You know, the Utes versus BYU is, is just well known. Even people that don't follow football generally know what that is. So I bought some pretty nice tickets to that Holy War. And then we spent the next two months building up to it, uh, doing a giveaway promotion and put a decent amount of boost money behind it. And you had to, uh, you know, like and share. And uh, that that actually is the, the last thing I did that, you know, it, it got me an extra like 200 uh, page likes uh, over a two-month span, which is huge for me because I don't have a huge following, you know. So uh, my follow-up to that, uh, and maybe either of you guys can kind of respond to that. I think a lot of people are looking for their the ROI, right? How do you translate your social media into actual cars in the shop? I have a hard time doing it. That's why it bugs me because I'm, a, you know <laughs> what I mean? That's I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. I'm a goals guy. So there's, uh, you, you can't, you, you really can't is the answer. You have to just understand that uh, marketing as a whole, some things you, some things you have to do, um, knowing that you can't die, tie a direct dollar to it. Yeah. Um, a good example that came up in our marketing class, uh, you know, on Friday was, uh, I've been, you know, I did direct mail for quite a while, you know, and, uh, and towards the end, it, it, it really felt like it was fizzling out really bad. You know, I had a specific tracking number so that I could track my ROI. Uh, yeah, but not many people were calling the number, but I did notice that the three day span that mailers were hitting the mailboxes, I had a huge, huge spike in impressions on my website. So then I could say, okay, obviously people are Something getting the mailer yeah. and they're, it's driving them. So Facebook is kind of that same thing for me or all social medias. It's just, it, it, it helps my other marketing pieces that I can tie a ROI to, but I can't directly tie it to most of the things I'm, I'm doing yeah. on social media. So I have some little tricks that, that have helped me kind of tie it, but I'm totally with you, Tom. This is what I call like an umbrella brand awareness campaign, uh, Facebook and social media are just this big umbrella that goes down around all of your other campaigns that you have going. This just solidifies the image and solidifies other things, puts you out there. Um, there are ways you can track certain things. You can set up landing pages, um, like on your website. A lot of our action on social media, the, um, the call to action that we're trying to generate is learn more. And then the learn more yeah. takes you to our website, which our website converts great. So uh, my theory is that if I can just get them to there, that they'll convert. Um, there are you can set up landing pages in your website that um, that look a lot like your main page, but um, when they click the learn more, it goes to that landing page, and you can kind of track some limited stuff. Um, you can't like super know, but you, at some point you have to just trust that it, this is important and it does work. Um, it's not an acquisition campaign. So you're not going to get like, I sent out 1000 cards. I got, you know, 10 results. Yeah. Not going to happen, but you can get some little clues from some of that stuff. Yeah. We, we have, we have done some acquisition campaigns through Facebook and social media, which were actually quite successful because, uh, and it's about defining that again, like for me, I'm very detail oriented. I outline everything. And a lot of it is, is, is really capitalizing on that call to action. And I feel like, excuse me, I feel like a lot of, 
shop owners that are going to put out their message, they're going to put out their content, they're going to put out their culture, and they don't ask for anything, yes. which I think is a huge mistake. I think you need to ask. So, so Tom, you just had this giveaway, but your ask, your call to action was like and share. Now, that helped mm-hmm. further your goal of, of broadening your engagement and your likes and, and your audience. Um, but there are some that are a little more specific that I think shop owners should capitalize on. Uh, Patrick, your website is great at converting leads, right? So your goal is to send them there. You want them to learn more. I think yep. you can actually do that on Facebook without having to, or to Facebook at least, just because that's one I primarily use, is, is basically just having people go and sign up. Mm-hmm. So if you have a good enough message, you have a good enough content, you have something that really engages somebody, you could say, hey, yep. you know what? If you really liked this, sign up. Yep. Take a class. Do this thing. Schedule. Schedule an appointment. Right. Yep. If you guys haven't had your vehicle checked or inspected in, in a long time, schedule an appointment. We'll we'll take a look at it. And if you mentioned yep. it was on Facebook, you know, schedule now. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we've gotten a little away from the original question: is how do you get started? And I I've got a good little trick for that. So, like, <laughs> I think fans is huge. Your your mom, your your friends, your family, your wife, everybody everybody that you know, you need to reach out personally to and get them to like. Anyone you see carrying around a phone that you know, you need to like be like, give me your phone and then go to Facebook and like it for them almost. But um, we're trying a new thing. Um, we're trying to engage with more of our existing um, clients, uh, having a conversation at the counter when they pick up. Hey, did you see the Bimmer Rescue Man video? What's that? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. You've you got to go check it out. The Bimmer Rescue Man video. It's the funniest thing you'll ever see today. Um, it's Gareth. He's got the thing. and He took my strap and it's hilarious. Can you do me a favor when you see it, like and share? It is just, it's it's the best. You got to see it. You know, uh, having a real, actual human conversation about how cool it is, and you got to have something worth looking at on there. Of course, you got to really, you know, make sure that you've got good content content on there. But that's something we're going to be trying this year. We'll see how that works. Awesome. Um, there's a there's a couple questions that I really want to get to, but we're running low on time. Um, one of the ones I, I really think we should hit is what are some of the drawbacks of using social media? And I think we can even wrap this in. So what have you guys invested in social media? Let's pair those two together. What's the drawback and what's your investment? What's your cost of using social media? I don't really see any drawbacks. It's pretty much low, low time and low cost. Those are my two favorite things is my my time and my money. So I don't see many drawbacks other than, you know, it can be, you know, uh, distracting if you're, you know, if uh, you go to do a post and then you see a post and then the next thing you know, you look up and you just pissed away an hour of your life. I guess that's one drawback, (laughs) but uh, you know, I invest, I, 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 I personally invest about, uh, you know, 300, 350 bucks a month in, in between paying my social media manager and, some of the things I boost. So fairly low, you know what I mean? In consideration yeah. of my budget, you know, I spend, I got about a ten, eleven thousand $11,000 marketing budget every month. Uh, and so obviously social media is a small chunk of that and a small, very small chunk of my time that I invest too. So I probably, my two drawbacks are, are Tom nailed it on the head. I, I personally uh, got away from Facebook for a long time. I really wasn't on there and I, and it was great. And then I got involved with it with my company and I've, it kind of slipped back into Facebook. So now I'm like finding myself getting distracted and losing time. And I'm in the middle of the day, I meant to go boost something. And then I, now I'm like, you know, 
in this different corner I wasn't didn't even mean to it can be a time waster um, I did also waste probably a year and a lot of money not knowing what I was doing just trying to do what Facebook thought was smart before I found our marketing managers um, so I wasted a lot of money on the learning curve of Facebook and I should have just hired the people to do it in the first place I probably spend maybe two times what Tom's talking about per month on it. And um, it, it is, it is pretty, it's important. You have to do it. Like it's really, really a great thing. I think, and this is my two cents cause I I'm coming at it from a different perspective. You guys are using third parties. I'm doing it myself. I think one of the biggest investments that I've made is my time because you know, honestly, it's not financially that difficult to mm. capitalize and get a return. Um, you know, you, you spend five bucks and you get a, a much bigger return than you would on like a mailer or some other things because it's yeah. not it's not that much. But I think the time that you invest on talking to your community, uh, developing your content that that is what eats up your time if you're if you're doing it yourself for shop owners. Now, shop owners, there's a lot of resources out there that'll help kind of create your content. Look up Canva.com. That'll help you organize posts and stuff. If you guys are just doing it yourself, it'll make it look more professional. Uh, they'll do the right formatting and all that. And so you can kind of help develop that. Um, unsplash.com has great HD photos that you can use. Um, and I'll link those after this video when we repost this. Um, final thoughts, guys. Let's wrap it up. Uh, you know, actually, uh, I just wanted to hit on your uh, advisor class you got coming up. I'm putting my man Daniel in there that's only been here for a year. <laughs> so I just want to put a challenge out there. I expect my man Daniel to put a hurting on everybody else's uh, advisors out there. So if anybody's going to this next round, let's get a, let's get an outside wager going. I'm, I'm hoping that I really want uh, Daniel such a nice kid. I want to bring out the competitive side of him. So uh, I'd like to put an outside wager out there for anybody coming, hit me up. Let's get it going. Awesome. Patrick, final yeah, thoughts, cl closing thoughts. First off, thank you. Fantastic questions. Great job with this. This has really been great. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, I think closing thoughts for anybody who's like getting ready to do this is just tiptoe into it, pick a platform, get comfortable with it yourself personally, um, focus on your company. I'm always passing the test. Is it, does it reflect your company's values? Does it reflect your culture of the company? Um, and does it promote you? Is there some call to action or some, some reason that that post is up there? There's always the test of if you, would you stand on a street corner and yell whatever you're, putting on the on social media out loud it you it better be good enough to be yelled out loud so that's my i like that i like that i'm gonna use that yeah that's good <laughs> that's nice. um my my final two cents is if you guys are going to start posting if you're going to do it yourself or if you're going to hire a third party whatever it is as soon as you start engaging on social media make sure that you are prepared to be consistent because mm -hmm. if you're not and you are sporadic about it and people don't hear from you, you're never going to develop your community. You're never going to develop a fan base and it's going to fail. Yep. And it's going to be a lot of wasted time and money. Um, I'm going to go into this last little bit here. Let's wrap up the show. Thank you so much for being on this, Patrick and Tom. This was a great topic. I think we've got more questions that we'll have to hit up in another episode of The Leading Edge. But I'm going to finish it off 
with some promotional stuff. We have a class that's coming up, Finding Hiring Training Successful Employees. It's been a wonderful class. We had a lot of great responses from shop owners that have come. It really kind of helps define their process of getting the right people in your shop, on your team, making a better service that you can provide your customers. This could be here at our training facility in Ogden, Utah on March 15th and 16th. You can register today at iforabe.com forward slash classes or email us at institute at iforabe.com. General information, you can check out other episodes by going to theleadingedge.podbean.com or find us on iTunes and Spotify. Just search The Leading Edge. Join the Institute group. Join us, like us on Facebook, share our content. If you guys enjoyed this, if you think it's great, tell your friends if they haven't heard of us. That's my call to action. That's right. Our next, uh, our next episode is going to be about education and training, and it's going to be live from Vision about the, the effects, about why it's so important to get educated and trained, the turnover rate for education because of new tech that's coming, just a whole lot of good content. Uh, again, thank you guys so much for being on the show, and we will see you guys in two weeks. Sounds sure. good. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Right. Nice work, Camp. Peace out. Join us next time when we discuss the importance of industry education and training live at the Vision High Tech Expo in Kansas City. Stop by our booth and say hello. We'll have our team there ready to answer any questions you have about your business. And if you see anybody with an Institute shirt on during the show, tap them on the shoulder. They just might have something for you. Brought to you by the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Thanks for listening.